Thank you for joining us for an overview of Section 204L for Widows and Widowers. U.S. immigration law provides a number of provisions to promote family unity. For instance, citizens and permanent residents of the United States can sponsor certain qualifying family members for a green card, such as when a U.S. citizen files an I-130 family-based petition for his foreign national wife. Similarly, when a foreign national is being sponsored for a green card by an employer with an I-140 employment-based petition, the primary beneficiary, spouse, and children under the age of 21 can also apply for green cards based upon this same I-140 petition. But what happens if the family member sponsoring the I-130 dies, or if tragedy strikes the primary beneficiary of the I-140? Until 2009, the answer, sadly, was that the case would have to be denied. Most of the time, I-130 beneficiaries had some potential relief. Using humanitarian reinstatement as well will be discussed. But this was not always possible. Family members of the primary beneficiary in an I-140 case did not even have this option. Depending on what type of non-immigrant status the surviving spouse held, the family might lose their green card case and fall out of status all at the same time. However, in 2009, things changed. Congress passed the DHS Appropriations Act that added Section 204L. This changed the law to allow a person who is seeking an immigration benefit through a deceased qualifying relative to proceed with their case. 204L lets USCIS approve a visa petition or even refugee or asylee relative petitions, as well as any I-485 adjustment application and the related applications like for an EAD or an advanced parole. If the person is seeking the benefit, meets three basic requirements. First, the person seeking the benefit resided in the United States when the qualifying relative died. Second, the person asking USCIS for this benefit continues to reside in the United States on the date the decision on this application or petition is being made. And third, the person asking USCIS for this immigration benefit is the beneficiary of a pending or approved I-130 family-based petition, the derivative beneficiary of a pending or approved I-140, or one of several other categories. In this broadcast, given our time constraints, we are going to limit the scope of our discussion to the I-130 and I-140 situations. So Section 204L applies to a petition or application denied or approved on or after October 28, 2009, even if the qualifying relative died before that date. So essentially, if a petition or application was denied on or after October 28, 2009, Without considering the effect of 204L, and Section 204L could have permitted approval, USCIS must reopen the case for a new decision. While current guidance says that this has to be done by service motion, it may be necessary for the surviving family member who wants to benefit from this provision to file their own motion to reopen or reconsider um, of a denial issued by USCIS. The first thing to keep in mind is that once Congress created 204L, the USCIS had to jump in with a memo explaining how the law would be applied. USCIS has explained that the qualifying relative is the person who immediately before the death was the primary beneficiary of the I-140, or the petitioner or primary beneficiary of the I-130 petition. This definition it can be really beneficial because it provides more flexibility to USCIS officers when they are applying this law, depending, of course, upon the circumstances. 
Now, one of the primary differences between the I-140 and the I-130 situation is that the 204L law can keep the I-130 petition pending even after the death of the petitioner. In the I-140 context, you're dealing with an employer that filed the petition. So under existing law, which is not changed by 204L, if the I-140 petitioner goes out of business, the I-140 automatically terminates. There's no longer a basis to continue with the green card. Another difference plays out when there is a withdrawal of the visa petition. If the I-140 petitioner sends a withdrawal dated after the I-140 beneficiary's death, USCIS has said that they will not honor it and leave the petition pending. Things turn out somewhat differently, though, with the I-130. With an I-130, if the primary I-130 beneficiary dies and the I-130 petitioner decides to withdraw the I-130, USCIS has said that they will honor it, unlike in the I-140 context. This is different because the the reason given by USCIS is that with the I-130, unlike with the I-140, there is an I-864 requirement. This is the affidavit of support. So when the I-130 petitioner dies, there is a provision called humanitarian reinstatement that lets the beneficiary of the I-130 substitute certain select people to give the I-864 instead. Now, humanitarian reinstatement is unnecessary with the I-140 because there's generally no 864 requirement. But when the primary I-130 beneficiary is the one who dies and the surviving relatives have to provide an I-864, the only person able to give this affidavit of support is the I-130 petitioner. So if USCIS gets a withdrawal letter from the I-130 petitioner, that means the still-living I-130 petitioner will not give an I-864 and there is no provision in the law to replace the I-130 petitioner that simply refuses to provide an affidavit of support. Now, we recognize that this is a bit confusing, and so someone who thinks they might be affected by this situation should definitely talk with a lawyer to fully understand their situation and what their options might be. A common situation that arises, and which the Murthy Law Firm has seen, is uh, when someone has an I-485 application that is pending based on an I-140 petition, and then the I-140 primary beneficiary, unfortunately, passes away. In this scenario, the I-485 application should remain pending with USCIS. In practice, what we've seen is that when this occurs, the USCIS issues a request for evidence or a notice of intent to deny asking for evidence to prove that the requirements of this surviving spouse uh, section of law, Section 204L, are met. In this case, the dependent I-485 applicants have to show that they were residing in the United States when the primary beneficiary of the I-485 died. And under the law, a person's residence is his or her principal actual dwelling place in fact, without regard to their intent. So if the person's residence was in the United States at the required time, then the foreign national resided for the purposes of 204L. And that does not prohibit someone who was actually abroad at the time from proving that the surviving spouse still resides in the United States. So it may still be possible for someone to benefit from 204L if, for example, they were abroad intending to take a short trip when suddenly and unexpectedly the primary I-45 applicant died. Under 204L, it may be possible for the surviving spouse to keep his or her I-45 application alive by showing that when the death occurred, 
the actual place that they resided was in the U.S. and that they still live in the U.S. even though they were temporarily abroad. Now, it's also important to remember that despite the great benefits that this 204L law provides, an I-45 applicant still has to be admissible. For this reason, USCIS will often ask a person who is seeking to benefit from this law to show that they have financial support from themselves or others so that they will not become a public charge and require public assistance. And attorneys at the Murthy Law Firm have helped clients address this question for USCIS so that the Immigration Service has been able to keep the 485 application pending and ultimately so it can be approved when the priority date is current. If faced with the tragic loss of a loved one, a person likely will not be focused on how the event may impact their immigration status. But as the reality of this situation sinks in, the last thing the person likely needs is the added stress caused by new immigration hurdles. Therefore, foreign nationals should at least be aware that it may be possible to salvage an immigration case filed by or for an individual even after the death of that person. While, of course, we hope that none of our listeners ever face this dilemma, in the unlikely event that you encounter such a situation, it is generally recommended to seek the experience of an, a competent immigration attorney who can determine whether you may have benefit from Section 204L so that reaching the green card is still a real possibility.